What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else? My name is Kelton Burns. I'm joined by Cameron Donahoe. This is Press Y. We have a really full news week today, so let's get into this. Okay. Freaking why, guys? Let's press it. So. Cameron, I got some more legal news for ya. Sweet, let's do it. Previously on Microsoft trying to buy Activision Blizzard. So, Microsoft attempted to purchase Activision Blizzard for $69 billion. The UK's Competition and Markets Authority blocked the acquisition on the grounds of stifling competition in the growing and dynamic market for cloud gaming services. This week, in a new deal... Activision Blizzard will sell its streaming rights, its game streaming rights, to Ubisoft Entertainment. This new deal will have Microsoft unable to release Activision games like Overwatch and Diablo exclusively on its own cloud streaming service, Xbox Cloud Gaming, or to exclusively control the licensing terms for rival services. So Ubisoft will acquire the cloud streaming rights for Activision's existing PC and console games and any new games released by Activision in the next 15 years. This new deal is expected to be reviewed by the CMA by October 18th. So uh, basically, the UK CMA blocked the deal because they were like, I, I, I don't know exactly why, but they pointed to cloud gaming services as like kind of like the future of gaming where gaming's headed. And to, to say that Microsoft was going to have access to all these games exclusively on their cloud streaming service uh, was just too much for them. So this new DLC is Microsoft's going to give all those rights to all their Activision Blizzard games to Ubisoft so that they can have the rights to put those on competitor streaming services. Kind of confusing, but this is expected to push the deal through for Activision Blizzard being acquired by Microsoft. Mm, so it's a caveat before they be completely acquired. Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, in the next 15 years, Ubisoft can have all the rights to pr like previously and future release games um, to put them on like PlayStation Network or Ubisoft's, uh, Ubisoft Plus, which I believe is also coming to PlayStation soon, which is like their whole cloud streaming service. It's kind of like EA, what's it called? EA Play or something like that? Yeah. But yeah, this, this seems to be what's going to push it through. I saw some jokes like next year, Microsoft buys Ubisoft. Um, but like, yeah, this is a... Uh, this is probably going to push it through, and Microsoft is probably going to now acquire Activision Blizzard. Um, cool, I guess. Um, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you do you like uh Microsoft or Blizzard being under the umbrella of Microsoft? Uh, I mean, I I hope for the best. Like, I hope that uh, because Activision has a pretty negative reputation in terms of like you know it's turned a lot of series into like money machines with microtransactions kind of like the yeah. activation reminds me of ea of i think ea usually gets more flack than them and microsoft does not have that reputation as le at least to me i don't when i think about microsoft games i don't think of like packed with microtransactions i'm sure there are cases of that though but i'm uh, hoping that games like well, games underneath blizzard or call of duty i hope that when they do go under the Microsoft umbrella that Microsoft maybe gives those devs a little bit more freedom or like a little bit more time to work on their games or maybe less pressure. But, you know, it could just all be the same, you know, it could just keep the keep the money flowing. Yeah, just getting bang I don't know if Microsoft I, I don't see Microsoft really like playing a significant role in uh Blizzard games in terms of like changing the actual games themselves. I feel like they're just gonna bankroll them. Um 
and obviously those those that money is going to go up to Microsoft as well. So they're just getting a piece of the pie um, from those uh, IPs. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't see Microsoft like making significant changes just because they're acquiring Activision and Blizzard. Yeah, I'm. It's gonna be interesting to see what where it goes. You know, like Microsoft acquired Bethesda, and then you know, and now we're getting Starfield as Xbox slash PC exclusive. So maybe that will happen in the future with more Activision Blizzard games. Although now that Ubisoft owns all the rights to every game made over the next fifteen years to put on competitors' cloud streaming services, uh, you know, I guess the next fifteen years at least. We're going to have all those games also on PlayStation as long as they get put on the cloud streaming services. Coolio. But yeah. That is the chap like chapter six, chapter seven in that whole saga. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat for chapter eight, man. It's, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, next up, Epic Games. Epic Games has announced a new deal called the First Run Deal. This gives third-party developers 100% of their revenue for the first six months of a game's release in exchange for the game being exclusive to the Epic Games Store. This new deal is available to developers of any scale, and along with 100% revenue, games released on First Run will reportedly benefit from inclusion in relevant store campaigns, as well as exclusive badging, homepage placements, and dedicated collections. These games have to come out after October 16th of this year to be eligible. So at, we previously talked about how like Epic Games offers developers 88% of their sales, which is already 18% mm-hmm. more than um, like Steam or the PlayStation Store, or the Microsoft Store, App Store. God, gotta love Epic. I don't love all of Epic's games, just in terms of like not all of them are for me, but like they they run a tight ship. You know, they look out for people, which is very nice to see. You know, it's nice to see not like an insanely greedy, insanely large corporation. You know refreshing and then there's ea over there just hoarding a giant pile of gold coins giant pile of madden (laughs) coins yeah there's just a bunch of crushed little developers under their wings just trying to get out the new madden game tim sweeney of epic wrote on twitter that this program with it with this program everyone wins devs earn more money epic reaches new customers uh, I know that there's a lot of people out there who are really opposed to the Epic Game Store and really prefer to play all their games on Steam. So I don't know if this is going to have that drastic of an impact. It is like, you know, it is a 12% increase in revenue for those developers when they release their games for six months. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what games uh, decide to follow this this first runs deal. I wonder if that'll change the release dates of certain games as well, because that incentivizes like uh, games to be released within that time window and then developers are faced with the 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 idea of like if we release our game on epic game store exclusively and we get that extra 12 percent cut is that going to be enough of a profit to justify not putting it on steam where steam you know might generate even more sales than that 12 percent cut would be worth so you know it's gonna be a tough tough call over there in much more uh, worse news, BioWare has laid off 50 employees. So BioWare, the studio behind Baldur's Gate 1 and Baldur's Gate 2, which came out in 98 and 2000, has laid off 50 employees. Oh. BioWare, I think their last game was Anthem. Uh, they're confirmed to be working on a new Mass Effect. That was their last game. And Dragon Age titles. It's But this studio, I was looking into it, has seen several lead directors, producers, and designers leave over like the last five to six years. So it's not doesn't look too good. The statement written by general manager Gary McKay, which announced the layoffs, included details confirming the continued work and commitment to the next Mass Effect and Dragon Age titles. I believe the next Dragon Age is titled Dreadwolf, uh, and there's not enough details on Mass Effect yet, but 
yeah, sad news, like laying off 50 employees. That's pretty significant. And, uh, you know, it doesn't bode well, but I'm hoping for the best for that studio Yikes. and the, their future Especially games. considering, like, the, their track record of games. They haven't had, like, a very successful game in a very long time. Yeah, it's really sad because Bioware, I used to consider them absolutely one of my favorite studios with, like, their work on uh, The Old Republic and yeah. Mass Effect and Dragon Age, like, all those games. Like, they, they had a... Yeah, all those RPGs are really substantial. Yeah, there's something about Bioware games in comparison to a lot of the other RPGs of that time that they just felt like a, just a little bit more, uh, like, flavor or personality was coming through. Like, they were just, they're fun games. I, I totally agree. So, yeah, sad yeah, to a see real shame. I hopefully they uh, they get it together, you know. I, I I hope the best for them. Next up, Elden Ring Two has been seemingly confirmed by Miyazaki. So f- this take this with a grain of salt, but here we go. So from Software just released Armored Core Six, but they are also in the process of working on the Elden Ring DLC Shadow of the Erd Tree, which is slated for a late release this year or early next year. But in a recently released official guide titled Elden Ring Books of Knowledge Volume 2, there was an interview with Hidetaka Miyazaki from Software's Game Director, where he says some lore bit clarifications and real reveals have been sa- are being saved for future games. So this is kind of like, you know, it could, it could have been a mistranslation. It could have been him talking about the DLCs, but it sounds like they have some lore being saved for future games and fans are excited that maybe we're going to be getting Elden Ring 2 down the line. Now, I wouldn't be surprised personally if we got an Elden Ring 2 just because of how fucking big Elden Ring was. I know? I mean, it makes absolute sense. I think it's more so like if the the team is getting tired of making these types of games, which I think is what like Armacore 6 is kind of meant to be, is like a bit of like a palate cleanse. Even though it, there are clearly elements of like Souls-like stuff in Armacore, obviously. But like I'm glad they made Armor Core 6. That way they don't get completely burnt out on making Souls-like games. Because, like, you see stuff like that with, like, um, uh, I forget the Sakurai making, like, the Smash games. Like, usually, like, like, directors of games, like, don't enjoy just, like, fucking making the same game over and over and over again. It gets a little tiresome, I'd imagine. And so I'm, I'm glad that they're, uh, they're not overdoing it. But... That being said, I will literally play whatever fucking Elden Ring game that comes out ever. They could make like a pachinko Elden Ring game and I'd play it. So your move uh, <laughs> from Soft. While we're on the topic of Armored Core 6, that game comes out the the day this episode releases and reviews have the review embargo must have lifted on on Wednesday because all the reviews came out and Metacritic currently has the game sitting in the high 80s with reviews praising the massive scale boss fights extremely in-depth mech customization and the way it stays true to the armored core DNA of previous entries while lowering the bar for new players to enjoy. When I was trying to look for any, any criticisms, uh, some of them pointed to the story as not being very engaging and the way the game forces you to sometimes fully abandon a mission because you realize you need to completely redesign your mech so that it'll better suit a boss fight at the end mm. of a mission. Because sometimes boss fights can be so challenging that whatever mech build that you have actually does not work out or makes beating that boss almost impossible. So sometimes you have to fully reset. So I saw one uh, complaint being that like you should be able to hit your garage mid-mission or, or checkpoint or something like that. But, you know... It sounds fun. I've seen some people comparing it to other from software games in terms of difficulty and uh, level of commitment and time and 
the the way that the with with from software's games those boss fights get to a point where everything else in the world world melts away and all you're focusing on is beating that fucking guy in front of you. I do now, like so. punching a comically large boss. It's a good time. Anytime I get to do that in a oh, game, yeah. I'm a happy boy. So, if the boss fights are good enough, they can make up for a bad game. I'm not gonna lie, and I don't, I don't see this being a bad game. Obviously, it seems like it's got some, uh, some quality of life issues, but uh, I, I'm gonna play it for sure. Hell yeah, Armored Core Six guys. So back to rumors and mysteries and whispers in the hallway. A new God of War game appears to be in development. Due to a job listing, Sony's Santa Monica studio has listed some positions and requested that applicants be familiar with the combat systems, mechanics, and enemies in 2018's God of War and 2022's God of War Ragnarok. So they're hiring for people who know God of War. So if they, it could be it could be a completely different game that's like God of War that they're making, but it sounds like they're maybe making a new God of War game, which only makes sense. God of War is so extremely popular and successful, and the, with the way Ragnarok ended, I was thirsty for another God of War game. So, uh, yeah, you know, maybe in, uh, well, let's see, 2018 to 2022, so like a, a four or five year gap, maybe, maybe in 2027, 2028, we'll get a new God of War. Hell yeah, that, that'd be awesome. God of War kind of was, like, the PS5 system seller, wouldn't you agree? Like, that and, like, Demon Souls, I guess, right? PS5? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I would say, yeah. It seemed like as though a lot of people that I knew that bought their PS5s later in the, in the gen did it for God of War Ragnarok. Right. So, I mean, like, it only makes sense to, like, keep churning that wheel, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, guys. It ain't broke. Make another God of War. Make another That's one. That's what they say. If it's selling well, just make another one. Just never let, never kill Kratos. Never do anything different. I just want God of War over and over and over and over and over again, please. So, Cameron. Yes. Call of Duty. <sighs> <laughs> Those three magical words, baby. What? What's what's uh, our good people at Call of Duty doing? So, actually, this is kind of a small... David Vonderhaar, he was a, a studio design director at Treyarch. He just announced on LinkedIn that he's leaving Activision and Treyarch after 18 years at the Call of Duty studio. And he has he's moving on to a, another new unannounced game at an unnamed studio. And he described this new position as a rare and unique opportunity. I just thought this was interesting because I remember in high school watching David Vonderhaar interviews and reading his interviews about Black Ops 1 and Black Ops 2 because he's a big head in uh, at Treyarch. And so I was just like, oh, man, interesting to see that he's leaving right after Microsoft is acquiring the studio. And I saw some discourse of people being like, we're going to see more and more of this, like studio leads lead it, leaving after the check hits from you know being purchased by, by Microsoft to go move on to do different things. And I don't mm. know how much weight or merit that statement has, but... This guy has leaving. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this says for Treyarch moving forward. Hopefully uh, the next Zombies isn't drastically hit. But I don't I don't hold out the most hope for Zombies anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, David Vonderhaar is leaving Activision. I just want to let you know. I'm heartbroken about it, man. That, that guy's like a father to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I honestly, like, I am satisfied with the zombies i've been given i 
Like if I get any more and it's and it's good stuff, then I'm happy with it, you know? Yeah. Um like I'm stoked for that, but like also like the only thing that I yearn for is just like some kind of re-release zombie kit that where I can just keep playing what they've already made, you know? That's the only thing yeah. I need. So yeah, I feel we that. don't even fucking need this guy. Good riddance, David Attenborough or whatever your name is. David Vunder. Well, maybe let's say you know he did his part. He did it well. Like we just need what he already did. Yeah, let him rest. Let him rest. Put the sword down. Put the ray gun down, David. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So on the topic of discourse, Starfield review copies must have gone out this week. Somehow we weren't sent one. Must have been a fucking mistake. Yeah, probably got lost in the mail, most likely. Probably, yeah. Got lost in the email. Uh, they probably sent it to pressy at gmail.com, not pressycast at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Common, common mistake. mistake. It's okay, we forgive you. I don't forgive me neither. <laughs> a screenshot of the start screen was posted to Twitter or X or whatever the fuck you want to call that platform. From this screenshot, a line in the sand was drawn, and gamers began to pick sides on how they feel about what a game's men- main menu says. So let's get into this really exciting conversation, guys. <laughs> let's talk about some menus. Let's folks. talk about main menus. So ex Blizzard developer Mark Kern, and I found out later on this guy's like known as an internet troll. Like that's just he's just a dick. Um, but in a sense viral tweet Fun. attached to a screenshot of Starfield start screen, he said the start screen of a game can reveal a lot about how rushed the team was and how much pride they took in their work. Starfield start screen either shows hasty shipping deadlines by a passionate team overworked or a team that didn't care. So responses were quick to this tweet to bring up Skyrim, Fallout, Ghost of Tsushima, and other titles that have minimalist start screens. Eventually, Bethesda's head of publishing, Pete Hines, responded, questioning out a developer's care because you you would have done it differently is highly unprofessional coming from another dev in quotes Dude, what is up with all the fucking like dev drama going on people are just taking shots left and right in these couple weeks like just just relax guys it's a menu <laughs> what the fuck if you don't if you haven't seen the menu it's just like a planet with the main with the title of the game and then it has like you know simple text on the side pretty small it's just like continue game new game options it's fine you know it's it's fine it's a menu i've never like opened a menu and been like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Red flag already, guys. I usually, like, don't even look at the menu for longer than three seconds. Like, I gotta say, man, I'm usually just spamming that fucking A button just to start the game as quickly as I possibly can. I try to minimize... <laughs> hey, this might be controversial, but I try to minimize the amount of time I spend in the menus. And I'm more of a game guy. I'm not much of a UI guy. So... That's just me. That's my that, that, that's my gameplay style. For sure, there have been main menus that are really cool to navigate that feel like neat. <laughs> like, you know, like we've all seen main menus where it's like, I don't know, just like going to each part of the different parts of the menu feels cool. Like it looks like you're exploring something or whatever. But you, you know what's a menu not I necessary. like? The DVD menus that let you play little games. That was sick. Like the Shrek, the sick. Shrek, uh, American or the ne- happily ever after American Idol thing. That was pretty crazy. Remember the Black Ops One menu where you're like the Black Ops One menu was great. Yeah. See, that's fun. You're in a chair. That's a fun one. You could get out of the chair. It's like oddly traumatizing to look at. Yeah. There's see, there's a variety of different menus, but 
overall, like, you know, if you go with the minimalist main menu, your menu might not be memorable, but it's not going to be like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what this is, you know? Yeah. I don't think you're going to be losing like 10 points on Metacritic for that shit. You know, apparently if this guy's the one doing the review, this guy loves a good menu. Okay. We got to keep going. <laughs> Let's do it. PlayStation Portal details have been announced. PlayStation's new handheld gaming device, which was previously titled or called Project Q, has been given its name. It's called the PlayStation Portal, and it's had some details announced. So a lot of videos came out on YouTube with people getting their hands on this thing. The device, which streams games off your PlayStation 5 through Wi-Fi, is going to be priced at $199.99, It's basically an 8-inch LCD screen placed in the middle of a PS5 controller cut in half. The device will have all the features of a standard DualSense controller, including that good haptic feedback one thing i found surprising is that this device does not have bluetooth even with the playstation wireless headsets you have to 3.5 millimeter jack plug some headphones in that bitch i actually don't even wait i guess i do but i i have some headphones lying around that you can do that anyway you stream games outside of your wi-fi as as long as your PlayStation 5 is connected to the wi-fi at home and wherever you are has a strong wi-fi connection so if you're at home oh you can turn your PlayStation on with this device. So, like, maybe you don't want to get out of bed. You grab the PlayStation Portal. You turn it on. It's going to turn your PlayStation 5 on in the other room or whatever. Isn't that kind of what, like, the Vita did? Uh, I'm not sure I didn't have a Vita. But this is also kind of similar to how, like, you can play games on your phone with a controller synced to your phone. Because it's basically mm. turning your PlayStation on. Your PlayStation's streaming the game to your Wi-Fi. And then you are, like, you know, stream getting that stream and playing it on your phone. That's cool. And I really like that. I mean, as as a like a person who's lived in houses with like big families and stuff, like it's a constant struggle to like maintain your TV time if you have like a bunch of people living in your home and they're like trying to like watch stuff while you're trying to play games. So this is pretty cool. I, I think this is pretty dope. Yeah, you can and I, I thought it was cool that if you're at someone else's house, you can turn it on. It'll turn your PlayStation on back at home. And then you can stream games from your home going into your Wi-Fi and then connecting to someone else's Wi-Fi. So as oh. long as the Wi-Fi is strong, then there won't be any latency issues. and Or at least there'll be minimal latency issues, hopefully. We won't know exactly how well this device performs until it really comes out. But even when you're... I mean, don't expect to stream God of War on the McDonald's Wi-Fi or anything like that. Like you're probably gonna need a pretty strong Wi-Fi connection to get this thing to get be going in an enjoyable state. But you, you know, Kelton. You know, in my opinion, that sounds pretty uh pretty bussin' bussin' on bussin', God. Bussin'. You know, you know what I'm saying? Wow. That's gonna that's getting ten bussins out of ten for me. Do you think you're gonna pick this up? I I mean if I had like additional <laughs> income then yeah oh. like I would totally like, maybe, yeah, not, maybe not that bussin bussin then maybe, yeah maybe not it may not be maybe I need to adjust my scale a little bit maybe just one bussin okay it's it's ten it's it's six it's so, six and a half bussins out of ten so not bussin enough to buy it but maybe if you were living in a big house with one TV <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 maybe big house one TV situations this is ten out of ten bussins. Okay, and that's on God. Also worth noting, if someone else is using your PlayStation Five, you cannot use this device because it only works if you are the only one using your PlayStation Five. It literally mirrors the home screen of the PlayStation. Like your PlayStation is just streaming itself to the device. 
So, yeah. Cool, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Gamescom was this week. A lot of fucking trailers dropped. Uh, I, have not, I haven't gotten into all the trailers yet, but one that I did turn my full attention to is the new Alan Wake 2 trailer. Features some gameplay. I'm a fucking massive Alan Wake fan. It's in my top three games. This trailer has me really excited. One of my favorite twists from the first game is the idea pushed forward that maybe all of the events that you're seeing in the game are actually taking place inside the protagonist's head. So without a solid way to disprove this theory, you kind of just have to make the choice to believe it's all real and dive back into the fucking insanity. But it always makes you wonder after that point, if you're like, what if I'm actually just crazy? Um, so this, this trailer seemed to like lean a little bit into this idea with Alan being interviewed on a book he wrote and how much of it's real and Alan kind of reacting to this, like what, like even he looks confused and scared and, you know, maybe there's a, there's like a copy of him out there somewhere. Also at one point it looks like Bradley Cooper just shows up and I don't know if that was actually Bradley Cooper, but it looked like him. I hope he's in the game. I hope to God he's in the game. Uh, God. More Bradley Cooper in my games, please. Alan Wake 2 also just got pushed back to the end of October because there's so many games coming out in the first half of October that it looks like they just, they were public about this. They were like, we just, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the first part of the month. Guys, play those games. But at the end of the month, closer to Halloween, it's time for, yeah. a, for a real horror game. That's when the freaks come out. So I am... I, I I will buy this game. I don't know if I'm gonna pre-order the like deluxe edition or whatever for skins, but I do they will. have any like fun little knickknacks that you get with the pre-order? I think it's like costumes and uh, gun skins or something like that. Ah, uh, boo! They should give you uh, some kind of mental illness. Yeah, they, should, they give you <laughs> some kind of psychosis along with the the pre-package. That way you can really enjoy the get into the game. You some know? kind of psychosis. Get in the mindset of the character. Yeah. 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 yeah comes free with the package yeah cameron i think you need to finish the first game now because this game is rapidly <laughs> approaching yeah i'm kind of put on a timer for a, for a lot of games coming out so we'll see we'll see i mean i'm definitely gonna i, I feel confident in myself that i can uh i can finish this one time to put controller in hand i agree i agree uh what do you have any thoughts when you're watching this trailer as someone who hasn't uh played the first game I've it. played uh okay yeah, mind you sir I've played about 40 minutes of the first game so watch oh, your tone. Okay. Then you guys I was dealing with a veteran. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit of an Alan Wake expert actually. Um so uh, it seemed it, it was like a little confusing uh with what's going on but like it seems very uh very like uh, it's 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 horror through the unknown type vibe you know what i mean like you don't know what's going on you're trying to figure it out and through that it's like very jarring and scary um which i'm very excited for because that seems like a lot of like a good time the graphics of it look insanely insanely polished uh it definitely looks like a remedy game like it, it looks a lot like uh, control which i'm a very big fan of uh just in terms of the way it looks and yeah it, it looks like it's gonna tell a good story so like i i'm expecting nothing but good things from alan wake 2 i want to be confused watching this kind of trailer because i don't want them to give away too much i don't want them to spoon feed me anything about the plot for alan wake specifically so I'm, I think it was handled pretty well. I agree. 
I liked that they're bringing in the live action stuff and just the general spookiness. And I definitely feel the control influence right? coming into the Alan so Wake. Too, yeah. And I'm just really excited. And I think that, so Control had some references to Alan Wake and I am expecting this game to have more references to Control and the Bureau of, uh, the Bureau, uh, some some type of Bureau. But yeah, I'll take a word for it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You you played Control, right? You beat that game. I didn't be. I didn't beat. Oh it. my I'm not god, Cameron! I don't beat a lot of games, man. I'm sorry. What the hell? You just a 40 minute man? <laughs> no, it's it's like I played. I played like four or five hours of Control. I just didn't fucking beat it, man. I don't four know. Five, I platinum that game. I I'm not. I'm not like you, Kelton. You. I'm sorry. I can't platinum things. I can barely even beat them. I platinum Spider Man. I platinum. I platinum. Call me the Plat Man uh, because I did platinum Sony Spider Man. No fucking biggie. So you're welcome, New York. Well, guys, this October you can platinum both the next Spider Man and the next Alan Wake. But that is all that is going to be happening for this episode of Press Y. It has been a pleasure, Cameron. It was. It's been all right, Calvin. I feel. I feel it's like been it's been okay. a little flat, but that's okay. It's been fucking <laughs> meh. <laughs> The way the way you got into the Gamescom trailers, you're like, okay, okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's tie it up. Yeah, I think we'll have more discussion on some of those trailers next week because you know they're just they're just they're just hitting, and there was a lot of other stuff we had to dive into. I'm excited today. to talk but about yeah. it, man, and <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to uh to hear all the many emails and reviews from our lovely listeners. It's uh dude, the email box is flooded, honestly. I can hardly even manage to uh to pick a favorite email. You know, there's just so many of them. So, we did get our first email after last episode. It was it's it was titled Wiener. <laughs> yeah. So, so, that was awesome. That's, that's Thanks guys. Pretty dope. <laughs> Love to see the uh the press Y in full effect. Do we do we have a name for our like our fans? Nah. The Weisters? No. The Weismans? Mm, nope. It's too early. Okay. We'll, we'll workshop something. Maybe the Pressers? Ooh, the Press. The, the Press. <laughs> just the Press. <laughs> okay. The media. Uh, yeah, goodbye, right? That's how we do it? Goodbye. Goodbye.